Good morning and Boker Tov, great to be together again, my dear Amuna friends who join us every Wednesday morning, our support group, our chizek group, to be mechazek, to strengthen one another, to not forget to live with Amuna. It's so easy to forget. We live in a world where we think we are in control, we think that we are in charge, we go on with our day and it is so easy to forget that we are supposed to be living with Amuna. I want to thank our generous sponsors for the series for the year, Drs. Avi and Bella Morgan, Sponsored in memory of Rabbi Dr. Brian Gabbett, a uh, profound example of living with Amuna, and in memory of Bella's mother, Dr. Ellen Shanzer. Uh, so grateful to the Morgans for the generous sponsorship of the year. I also want to take the personal privilege of dedicating today our learning to the memory of my dear grandmother, my grandma, Rose Goldberg, Rachelaya Bashalom David, whose uh, whose site is today. She was a very special woman. I, I'm not even sure she hit five feet tall. She was a very small, petite woman, but packed a punch. She um, confronted the Nazis and took her family out of Germany after Kristallnacht, which really obviously saved our family. She was a special woman, and we dedicate our learning this morning to her. We are continuing this magnificent Sefer, Be'amder HaChacha, Revitcher Meir Morgenstern, on Dveikas, how to cling to God, how to stick with God, how to feel connected to God, whatever life throws our way, to not give up and to not uh, concede and to not lose hope but rather to stick with God like glue, to know that God is our back and we stick with Him, we have His back, and together we're going to navigate and figure this out. So we last left off and he's telling us, Every Jew needs to believe, every Jew needs to know that every Jew is capable of feeling the presence of the Almighty in our life. Extend that antenna, perk up your ears, listen closely and carefully, and you'll hear Hashem is speaking to you. Go through life with these questions and doubt and uncertainty. Go through life with complaints and challenges and you won't see God anywhere. But extend your antenna and look to live with God and you'll feel and see His presence everywhere. That doesn't mean you'll always see and feel His presence for the good. Sometimes it's for the bad. Sometimes things don't work out. On my family WhatsApp WhatsApp, Hashkacha Pratis group, that I reference and flex a lot in this class and in others. So we all uh, leave each other these incredible... uh, these incredible voice notes of when things worked out, when we felt the presence of Hashem, when that coincidence, several of them have had to do with the rain over this rainy season in Florida, where I mentioned, can you believe it? I had to go to the funeral. I had to go. So the other day I had to go out. I think I was going home from shul. It wasn't raining. The second I stepped outside, the sky opened up and then it stopped when I got home. And I left it as a note. I said, Hashkacha Pratis. I just got soaked. The rain happened only when I was walking home. So my kids wondered, why would you leave that as a note? That's not everything working out in your favor. And the answer is, and halavai, that should be the worst thing that ever happens to me, changing clothes because you got a little wet in the rain. But the answer is that Hashem's presence shouldn't only be felt. He's not only talking to us when everything works our way, when it goes in our favor. Hashem is talking to us all the time. The question is whether we're listening. The question is, can we decipher the message? But He's speaking to us. He's speaking to us, are we listening? And every Jew is capable. Kol Yehudi Ladas. Every Jew needs to know. Every Jew needs to believe that we can get to this level. That wherever we are, God is over our shoulder. He's listening and He's talking to us. He's holding us up, and He is supporting us. He's also holding us accountable. We need to know there's such a life and such a lifestyle. Maybe it's by reading a biography. I think we spoke about that last week. Maybe it comes from. Maybe it comes from meeting such extraordinary people. Attach yourself to a Holocaust survivor. And please God, we have a long time still, but we're running out of time. 
Holocaust survivors who went through the atrocities they went through and who maintain and preserve some level of faith, they are heroes. And there are countless stories of our Gedoli Yisrael who talk about the fact that seek out someone with numbers on their arm and get a bracha from them. What they lived through, what they endured, how they were Moser Nefesh, and yet preserved and maintained their faith in God, attach yourself to them. Attach yourself to them. Use them as an example, a model, a guide. See in them the capacity to live that life. And we shouldn't have to go through what they went through to live with that same faith. We too ride their coattails, but be able to have it be contagious. We're living in this pandemic, and we're talking, we're dealing with this disease daily, which is highly, highly, highly contagious. That's why it's a problem, because it's transmitted so easily, it's so highly contagious. So it's contagious for the bad and the negative. But you know what? There's also things that are contagious in the positive, for the good. Emuna and faith and dveikas clinging to God can be contagious for the good. The question is, it's up to us. So you don't want to be exposed to somebody who's got corona. We wear masks and we maintain our distancing and we do everything we can to avoid being exposed to someone with corona. But my dear friends, you want to be exposed to somebody with emuna, with dveikas. Go near them. Figuratively, I don't mean literally right now, but figuratively, attach yourself to somebody with great faith, with great amuna. Don't wear a mask and don't distance and don't avoid. Someone who has great amuna, again, figuratively, not literally, listen carefully, but figuratively, find that person with great faith and attach yourself to them. Ride their coattails, see them in the example. And when you have those moments of doubt, you know, people have asked me through the years, Rabbi, are you ever filled with doubt? Doesn't it ever happen? I say, of course, of course it does. You know, one of the people for whom this year is sponsored for the year by the generous Morgans is my dear friend Brian Galbett. The, the whole end of his life filled and now, God, it's, a, you know, my top questions when I get upstairs. How do you choose your best? How do you choose the very best people at such a young age to take from us? By Sachs, this world is so bereft. He's so irreplaceable. Of course. So the person said to me, well, what do you do? I say, you know what I do? I go over to Martin Judovitz. What do I do? I used to go over to Rabbi Klein, what do I do? I go find a Holocaust survivor. I say, if they lost their entire family, not one person, not one piece of bad news, not one disappointment, whatever we go through, the worst of what someone goes through, a Holocaust survivor went through by a magnitude, by exponentially, I don't even know what, what they lost, their whole family, their whole life, their whole world. And if they can find faith afterwards, so can we. So we need to know that Yesh Metziah Shalchayim Bedvekas, there is such a life. There is a life where you see and feel God everywhere. There is a life where you talk to Him and thank Him. There is a life where you lean on Him. There is a life where you're accountable to Him. There is a life where you're on a mission from Him. I love that language. He's drawing it from David HaMelech. David HaMelech in Tehillim says, To get high on God. Some Rav, I'm not even sure who it was, was giving a public lecture and he's talking about how he met a kid who was high. And he said, you get high? What do you get high on drugs? I get high on God. And the kids turned that into some gif or meme and they have a lot of fun. They put music to it. This rabbi screaming, I get high on God. But David HaMelech was the first to scream it. David HaMelech, King David and Tehillim said, I get high on God. And then Rav Moshe Chaim Lutzato, the Ramchal, talks about in Mesilas Hisharim. God doesn't give us the Torah and mitzvahs in order to cause us to suffer. He's not trying to restrict or constrict our lives so that we have to give up pleasure. God says the opposite. I want you to get the greatest pleasure. And you know how you're going to get the greatest pleasure? Here's how you're going to get the greatest pleasure. You're going to attach yourself to me because I'm the source of all pleasure. So whatever you enjoy in life, food, intimacy, money, power, music, 
the beach. Whatever you enjoy in life, God is the source and God is the creator of it all. So God simply says, get high on me by attaching yourself to me. That is the ultimate and the highest pleasure you can get. So we need to know that we're capable of it. We need to know it's possible. We need to know there is such a thing. And then once we know it, now we can aspire to live it. When you meet a person who lives that level of mindfulness, of conscientiousness and consciousness, a person who lives in that world, in that realm, then we know that we can too. And if you say, but who am I? I'm at such a low level. I'm such a nothing. I can barely remember to daven, make a bracha before I eat. I'm barely getting the basics right. Who am I to think I'm going to aspire? I'm going to stretch and reach, excuse me, to live on that level. Who am I? I'm not worthy. I'm not capable. I make mistakes. Do you know what I said? Do you know what I looked at? Do you know what I did? Do you know where I went? Do you know who I am? I'm unworthy. I'm incapable. Who am I to dream? Who am I to aspire? Who am I to paint that picture and try to see myself in it? We don't have that picture in our minds. We haven't merited to be able to have that vision. We need to know. Every Jew can cling and attach themselves to God according to their value, according to their situation. Of course God knows who we are. He's the loving Father. I told you a few weeks ago about the person who met with me who had mixed, mixed in with drugs and he'd been clean for two years but had some legal problems and he hadn't davened in so long. He grew up not only with a from background, an intensely very stark from Hasidisha background. And I said, he's your father. Just pick up the phone and call him. If you call your father and you say, Dad, I know it's been a long time and I'm not even sure where to begin or what to say, but I just wanted to talk to you. What father or mother hangs up the phone? They don't say, well, where have you been or why haven't you called me? You say, thank God you're calling now. And we can do that with God. So it doesn't matter what level we're on or where we are or the life we're living. It doesn't matter. Today's a brand new day. It's a fresh start. Today your father is waiting for you to pick up that phone and call him. Talk to him. I don't even just mean opening the sitter and saying it's words. I mean from your heart. In the car, on a walk, in your kitchen, while taking a break at work. Take a moment and talk to God. Unburden yourself. What's on your heart? Confide in him. Cling to him. Know he's there. Protest. Object him. By the way, that kid did that. He davened, that young man, I shouldn't say. That young man davened. And Baruch Hashem, not that it always has a, a, the stories have a happy ending, but the charges were dropped and it was all dismissed. And because of the hard work he's put in in order to transform his life, everything, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem for him, has worked out in that way. His father didn't only hear, his father said yes. Sometimes our father hears the question, but the answer is no in our best interest. In this case, it was yes, and that's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. It should be yes for all of us, for our hopes and our dreams. So Richard Meyer is saying that every one of us, it doesn't matter what level you're on. It doesn't matter what you did last night or earlier today. It doesn't matter your mistakes, your shortcomings. Every one of us have the ability to redefine ourselves, to start again, to start fresh, to start anew. Whatever madriga, whatever matzav, whatever situation we're in in life and whatever level we're on, talk to him. He is waiting by the phone, even if it's been a very long time. Unburdened, confide. Don't get high on substances to numb or distract yourself from the challenges of life. God forbid. When you encounter or confront a challenge, simply get high on God. Get high on God. Lord, get me high. As Rabbi Shlomo used to sing. So you'll say, Hayom, today, it's not possible. You know, Rabbi, I read the Tanakh, 
I read the Chumash, I read the stories of the great rabbis of the Talmud. Earlier generations, you can connect to God. God did miracles, you saw his guiding hand, you lived with a certainty that he exists. In earlier times, you could get high on God, but today, ah, it's impossible. Today, who can get high on God, who can see God, talk to God, feel God? Today, it's not just, it's not going to happen. No. Zutos no ra'ah. This is a c- catastrophic mistake. It's, a, it's like saying, you know what, it's been so long, I haven't spoken to my parents. It's too late. I can't call them. It's too late. can never call them. It's never, ever, ever, ever too late. Zutos no ra'ah. And when you make that terrible mistake when you think it's too late and therefore you don't even try and you forfeit the opportunity for the relationship that you could have in that time what have you forfeited what have you surrendered what have you lost out on this is the essence of it all all 613 mitzvahs are there in order to propel us and to encourage us and promote us and push us to feel Hashem's presence dveikus is the foundation it is underlying it all it's what it's really all about Spoke about it yesterday in the Parsha Shir, that sense of Anochi, that feeling, that connection to the Anochi. There's our Anochi, our ego, our sense of self, and that gets in the way. It's a barrier to relationships. And there's the Anochi of God, Anochi Hashem Lokecha, that all there is, is God, that He is in control and He is in charge. And the more we connect with Him and the closer we come to Him, the happier, the more meaning, the more purpose we feel. We feel. God said, I don't change. I've been here since before creation and through creation and after creation. So because God says, I've never changed, I've never been altered, I'm not compromised, this is who I am, I'm everything. And that's true in every single generation. So it doesn't matter where or when you live, it doesn't matter what you're going through, it doesn't matter who you are. He's our Father. He's our Father, and He's waiting for that connection, for that love, for that affection, for that intimacy. He's waiting for us to confide, and He's speaking to us. He's speaking to us. It's an amazing thing, you know, that when Eliezer goes to be able to find a wife for, for Yitzchak, and he discovers Rivka, and now he's negotiating with Lot to be able to bring Rivka back. And, uh, and the response is, from Lot, from Basuel is, yeah, yeah, no, we know the whole story. You made the deal and you came and all the things and, and we saw it all unfold. Kasher Diber Hashem. This is a shidduch. This is what's meant to be. Take our sister, take our daughter, Rivka, she should go. This is what's meant to be. Kasher Diber Hashem, as God said. And the Ramban, Nachmanides, wonders, what do you mean as God says? Where did God say? If you read all Sefer Bereshus, if you read the whole story, which is not short of Eliezer going to find that wife for Yitzchak, it never, God never speaks out loud. God never has some revelation where he shares that Rivka is the chosen one, that she's meant to be. So what do you mean, kasher diber Hashem, as God said? So you know what the Ramban says? Listen carefully. Listen carefully. You know what the Ramban says? Kasher diber Hashem means God speaks to us through the events that unfold in our life. So when you came with all those camels and with all those possessions, and when our Rivkala, she went out to not only give you to drink, but gave to the camels, when we saw the whole thing unfold, we knew that God was speaking to us that this was meant to be. And that's love, Lot. And that's Besuel. I mean, just think about for a moment who we're talking about. Who we're talking about. And yet they lived kasher diber Hashem. They lived with an attitude and mentality that I look at this world and I say, the rain's on me and it just got soaked. God wanted me to get wet. That was from God. Kasher diber Hashem. God is speaking to us all day. That's this idea of these hashkacha process WhatsApp groups. And that's why I ask you, my dear 
my dear uh, Living with Amuna friends, to share your stories with me so I can share them with us because it's mechazek one another. I want to share a story with a dear friend, a member of our shul who has since moved to an assisted living facility. She's a wonderful, wonderful person. I don't have her permission to mention her name, but we miss her and we're so glad that she continues to learn with us. I hope she's on this morning as well because she's so, so inspiring. So she shared with me where I'm living now. We order our meals on a sheet of paper a day before. On Friday, I ordered such and such for breakfast. Um, they weren't really for breakfast. They were meant to come for me for lunch. When Shabbos morning came, my order never arrived. And I was wondering, what was I going to eat for lunch that day? If you're in an assisted living facility, particularly in a pandemic, where you're in your room and eating in your room and somewhat isolated in your room, and they don't deliver what you ordered to eat, you have nothing to eat. It's Shabbos. You go hungry. You can't call. You're not going to buzz. I soon needed to take a Shabbos elevator down to the main floor. Shabbos elevator's program stop on every floor as it goes down. The door opens for a short while and then proceeds to go further. I got off on the main floor, did what I needed to do, and then I proceeded to go back to my apartment. Shabbos elevator then went nonstop to the 10th floor and the door opened and standing in before me were the people delivering the kosher meals. I quickly told them I never received my breakfast that morning and then the door proceeded to close. I proceeded back to my apartment and a short time, while the door, a short time later, the doorbell rang and the delivery staff was there with my lunch. I asked them why they didn't deliver it earlier for my breakfast. And they said, you forgot to put your name and room number on the sheet of paper you turned in. We didn't know where to deliver it. I felt so much that God was with me and was aware of my dilemma. I literally saw the hand of God. That's what she writes to me. So there's a story and you could say, what was me? They didn't deliver it. It was supposed to come breakfast. It was meant to be my lunch. I worried for nothing. I didn't know where my food would go. I live in an assisted living facility. It's difficult enough as it is. You can look at what's missing in the story and say, what was me? Or she chose to look and say, can you believe it? What are the chances that I would take the Shabbos elevator at exactly the right moment? And what are the chances it would open at exactly the right time on the right floor where they would be standing there? And what are the chances that it would close but they would know to come and ring the doorbell? And all because I left my name and room number out, but Hashem orchestrated everything so the food would be delivered nonetheless. And as she signed off, I felt so much that Hashem was with me and was aware of my dilemma. I literally saw the hand of Hashem. Isn't that amazing? That's this life of Dveikas. No, no, there is such a life. And I just read you an email from a real life person who I know who this just happened to. And please continue to share your Amuna stories, small and large, inconsequential, consequential, because when, when we share with one another, living this life and seeing that hand of Hashem, and then it brings you that calm, it brings you that serenity. They didn't deliver it, I wasn't meant to have it yet. If I don't get it, I wasn't meant to have it. Maybe it would make me sick. If I did get it, if it worked out, that was the hand of Hashem. You don't have to lose your cool. You don't have to be anxious or worried. You don't have to be envious or angry. You're able to remain calm. A life of Amuna is the greatest life, the healthiest life, the most fulfilling life. So again, someone who says that today it's impossible, you need to know in every generation. Every Jew needs to contemplate. So if it's possible, and if that's the whole purpose of life, and if that's the whole platform of Torah and mitzvos to remember and mindfully live that Hashem is in my life, then where's the light of Dveikas? Why aren't I living with it? Why isn't it come easy? Why isn't it natural? Why isn't it obvious? Why isn't everyone around me doing it? Why is there a whole world of Jews, observant Jews, Torah Jews, B'nai Torah, who are going through motions? They're scrupulously paying attention to minutiae and details. They're vigilantly observing Jewish law. And there's no conversation. And there's no connection with God. God is absent from it all. It's also this week's parsha. I mentioned it in the parsha this year, but I'll repeat it. 
that Yaakov Avinu has his dream and he wakes up and he says, He wakes up, he wakes up from his sleep and he says, God is here, but I had no idea. I had no idea. And the simple understanding of the Pesukim, what it's telling us is that Yaakov took a nap and he wakes up and he says, wow, I had this revelation. God is present right here. I never would have gone to sleep. I never would have been so callous to take a nap if I knew this was a sacred space that God was here. And what was the dream and the interpretation of the ladder of binding heaven and earth, all for Parsha, all for another time. But I forgot which Hasidic Rebbe I saw it from, and I apologize that I forgot. But he says, no, Vayikatz Mishnah, so the word Shena can mean to sleep, but it also means to learn Torah, like Vishinantam Levanecha, to teach our children. Shena means to learn Torah, to review Torah. And he suggests maybe what the Pasuk means is Vayikatz Mishnah, so Yaakov woke up from his learning and he said, I finished the whole Dafyomi. I finished Chumash and Parsha. I finished Ivrit. Ivrit's not really Torah per se. I finished all my class. I finished learning Torah. Someone could sit in yeshiva. Someone can go to Jewish education and learn the entire day long and not encounter God once. God's name didn't come up. The relationship didn't come up. The connection didn't come up. The providence didn't come up. And that's a tragic, tragic education. All of Chumash and all of Navi and all of Halacha and all of Gemara is there so that at the time, each and every time we're done learning, we say, how is my relationship with Hashem richer as a result? And it doesn't matter if you're learning Erevin or Pesachim or Baba Kama, Baba Metziah. It doesn't matter if you're learning about Jewish holidays or Jewish civic law or Jewish criminal law. or It doesn't matter what you're learning. It is all a reflection of God's blueprint and vision for His world. And when you close that Sefer, the Navi, the Chumash, the Mishnah, the Gemara, the Mishnah Bura, whatever it is that you're done learning, you have to ask yourself, how do I understand Hashem and His world better? How do I feel closer to Him? How do I understand my mission more? And even if you engage in intellectual gymnastics the entire day of studying of Torah, but you don't talk about Hashem once, you don't talk about His presence, He's not on the page, He's not in that conversation. Achein, Vayikatz Mishnah, so Yaakov wakes up from learning, and he says, wow, I didn't know Hashem is in the Gemara. I don't know Hashem is in Chumash or Navi. That's what the curriculum of our schools should be. That when you tell the stories of Chumash and Navi, that the whole goal of the story is, how does this promote Emuna? Where was Hashem in the story? Where was he in the relationship? Did he show? Did he not show? Did he say? Why did he do what he did? How does it reflect on a relationship? How do we learn and grow from it? That's the point. When we learn this halacha, we say, oh, if two people, your ox gores my ox, and who's responsible and who has to pay? Not because we're just learning academic scholarship, but rather we're saying, how does Hashem see property? How does Hashem understand ownership? How does Hashem see responsibility to safeguard and protect? And therefore, what's Hashem's conclusion about who owes whom money? Because that's His vision for this world. We have to bring Hashem back to the conversation. We have to speak that language and introduce that vocabulary. We have to not be embarrassed or ashamed or think that somehow we're unsophisticated when we talk about Thank you, Hashem. Be'ezra Hashem, Amir Hashem, and thank you, Hashem. When we talk to our kids and to one another, acknowledging Hashem's relationship and role in our lives. That's the purpose, that's the goal, that's what it's all about. And we reinforce one another with those stories. So a Jew says, Lama Yelias Why don't I have the light at Vekas? Why don't I see everyone around me? If that's really what it's all supposed to be about, why do I walk out of shul and there was a room of people who were muttering words, but was anyone really attaching themselves to God? Was anyone really transformed or moved by the conversation? Did anyone really feel in his presence? And why is it hard for me? Why am I so much less than the righteous and those who came before, who seemingly so easily were able to attach themselves to him? Why? 
Why am I struggling? Why am I struggling? He has a footnote on this. And he says, He cautions us, be very careful. Don't enter a world of fake humility, of false humility, fraudulent humility. Why? There are some people who will say, look, the tzaddikim, the righteous, the people who came before me, generations, others in my generation, but who grew up in a different environment and with different parents, they can live with that amuna. They live with that bitachon and tvekas. But me, do you know my background? Do you know my capability? I have no zitzfleisch. I can't sit and learn. I have no self-control. I can't regulate my own behavior. I have no ability to concentrate. I don't even know what davening means. I don't even know that I have a soul. So therefore, I'm a nothing. Ich bin a gurnisht. I'm an absolute and utter nothing. And as a nothing, that's not for me. So I'll admire, I'll write a check to those yeshivas, I'll give to those people, I'll talk about and tell their stories, but me, I'm an absolute nothing, I'm unworthy, I'm incapable, it ain't going to happen. Says Ravitchamaya, that is a false sense of humility. That is a humility which is a cop-out. You have to know there are no excuses, and there is no cop-out, and don't pretend you're not capable. We are absolutely all capable. Every one of us. Doesn't matter what level we're on, doesn't matter what situation we're in, we are all capable. Restart that conversation. Dad, it's been a while, but I want to talk. I want to see your presence. I want to lean on you. I want to feel you're in it with me. You need to have amuna in amuna. You have to have faith that you can have faith. It takes faith to, to believe that you could live a life of faith. If your conclusion is going to be, it's just not possible, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I forget about God all day long. Even if I go to Shacharis and at the end of the day I go to Mincha and Marav, all day long I forget about Him. I give in to my temptations. I'm so busy negotiating and succeeding and killing it at work. I forget God every day, everywhere I go. So it's just, it's not going to happen. So if you don't have faith that you can have faith, you are right. It's not going to happen. You are right. It begins with faith that you can have faith. The belief that you can live this life. You have to never, ever, ever concede. Never give up or give in. Never say, I'm unworthy, I'm incapable. It's not going to happen. There are people who, wherever you are and whatever situation you are, were in much worse and they transformed their lives and they elevated and they grew. It is capable. So the first step of, of change, the first step of faith, is to have faith in faith. To have faith and believe that we can have faith. Never say, I'm a balavera. You're not a balavera. You're a good person. Maybe you've done averos. That doesn't define you. It's not who you are. And it doesn't limit you or hold you back. We absolutely are all capable. That ra, the mistake or the bad thing that you've done, it doesn't define you or limit you. It's not who you are. It's just something that you've done. And just like you did it, not everything that we do we can undo, but you can undo the impact it has on you. And therefore, he cautions us that this description that we're, that we're um, communicating and this picture that we're drawing for ourselves of this life of Emuna, Bitachon, and Dveikos, you know, you might say that's a beautiful description. And I believe... I believe Holocaust survivors and Tzaddikim and Tzikanios, I've read biographies of others, they're capable, just not me. Just not me. But that's a mistake. That's a, don't trip, don't fall into that, into that hole. And don't cop, your, don't cop out with that excuse by saying it's not me. 
doesn't matter who you are or what cards you've been dealt or where you are in life. We're all capable of it. We're all capable of it. We've got to get back, as Bailey says, back into that frame of mind to have that connection. It's hard. You know, sometimes you're in a good place and you're a bad place. Sometimes you're really, really regulated in your eating and sometimes you've let yourself go. Sometimes you're killing it in exercise and other times you've let yourself stop. Sometimes you're this, but you know what? It's unhealthy. That roller coaster of life of sometimes you're on a high and sometimes you're on a low, you know, the roller coaster could be like this, I go like that. The roller coaster could be like this, I go like this. So the challenge is to limit it. Of course we're going to have highs and lows. Of course times we're in the frame of mind, sometimes we're not in that frame of mind. But we have to minimize and try to eliminate or consolidate the, the how much it fluctuates, how long it fluctuates for, and try to be consistent in the lives that we live, to consistently live lives. Now there are areas of life where it doesn't matter my frame of mind. In marriage, there are moments that there's greater love and romance and affection. And there's moments that there's some sense of distance and disconnection. But you're married the whole time. And the rules of marriage apply to you the whole time. In parenting, there's moments that you feel deeply in love and connected and have swell with pride for your child. And there's other moments that you're ready to kill them, that you want to throw them out, that you need a break from them. But you're still a parent. You still have those responsibilities. They're always your child. So in our relationship with Hashem, true, it fluctuates with the frame of mind. True, it's not always entirely consistent or constant. But yet, that knowledge, that mindfulness that we are forever the Eved Hashem, that we work for Him, He doesn't work for us, has to define our lives. It's part of our status and identity always. It's not a membership I ever give up. I'm a member of Costco. I gave up my membership in Costco. I'm a member of BRS. Never give up your membership in BRS. I'm a member of God's Club. I'm on a little break from God right now. You don't go on a business trip or vacation and be on a break from your spouse, and you're never on a vacation or break from God. You have to believe. And when you struggle to believe that you can believe, when you struggle to believe you can believe, then you got to daven to believe. We've spoken about this before in the past as well. That even though it sounds so counterintuitive, and in some ways even bizarre, the idea that I'm going to daven, that I believe. I'm struggling to know that there's a God, so what am I going to do about it? I'm going to daven to the God that I'm not sure exists, that He helped me know that He exists. It's paradoxical. It's counterintuitive. It's illogical. It sounds like it makes no sense, because in many ways it makes no sense, and yet, and yet, it's part of the very Torah attitude of with the eating comes the appetite start doing and you'll see that it will follow taste and you will know that God is good you know sometimes you say I don't want that I'm not hungry and the person says just just take a taste take a taste and you take that taste and you go wow that's good all of a sudden you develop this appetite for more you thought you didn't like it you thought you were allergic to it you thought you had no room for it and you taste it and you realize wow that's good not only do I want it I have plenty of room for it Taste God. Taste that experience of a life of Dveikos of God. Taste a lifestyle of the serenity and the peace of mind, of the capacity to be happy, of seeing God everywhere, and you'll see, Kitov Hashem. You'll say, you know what? Not only can I live with that, I have an appetite for more. I want more of it. I'm capable of more of it. Every one of us need to know. So don't cop out. Don't excuse. Don't live with false humility. Know. Know that we're capable of it. And know that our life will be enriched and enhanced and elevated by it. It's just up to us to take that step and to make that move and to be able to live that life. Every one of us can accomplish it according to our individual level. This is what he wants. And this is the essence of it all. And yes, it takes hard work. 
And yes, it takes mindfulness. And yes, it takes reinforcement. Don't just come to the Amunah Shir. Belong to every Amunah group that's out there. There's no shortage of Amunah books and Amunah groups and Amunah texts and Amunah email and Amunah voice notes and Amunah everything. There's, there's no shortage. It needs reinforcement over and over and over again. It's not easy. But I'll tell you a secret. Most of the most precious things in life, the most valuable things in life, the most pleasurable things in life, they take hard work. They're not easy. But the payoff is worth it. The payoff of that life of Amunah makes it worth it. If a person, whoever you are, if you work on it, whether you're the highest high, you're a righteous person, or whether you're in a place in your life where you feel like you're the lowest low, with Hashem's compassion, and with our reaching out to Him, and with our believing in Him, believing in ourselves, and believing in our ability to believe in Him, taste from the light of this most magnificent, of magnificent life. Every Jew has true and authentic and meaningful feelings. We have that spark inside us. There's that pintaliyid inside us. We were designed and we've been programmed in our hardware and our software to know that there's a God and to live a life with a connection to Him and to feel this magnetic pull towards Him. Every one of us. How do we know that? Because He created us. We have that spark inside us. So you know, that spark, it can be a roaring flame where it can barely holding on like a pilot light, like a spark. The difference between the two is whether you ele- do you turn the knob and elevate it? Do you fan the flame in order to expand the spark and turn it into a roaring fire? So we have that nitzotz to kedusha. Every one of us has that spark inside us. But are we fueling it? Are we fanning it? Are we doing the things that we need to reinforce it? Which is the life of Torah and mitzvos, a life of chizuk and emuna, in order to fan that spark so that we can it can burn, it can rage inside us, and we can live that life knowing there's a Hashem. It's what He wants from us. It's what we're capable of. It's what we're here for. And most of all, it's what will give us the most meaningful, the most pleasant, and the best life yet. Wishing everyone a happy, healthy, and a holy day. Join us tonight at 9 p.m. We go behind the beam with Malcolm Holmline, the great uh, leader of the Conference of Presidents. I think the most well-connected person on the planet. Presidents, prime ministers, diplomats, politicians. Very excited tonight at 9 p.m. to go behind the beam with him. Everyone remember to be thankful, not only Thanksgiving and this week, but always we're called Yehudim. Chidush Harim says we're called Yehudim because we are a people of gratitude. That should be what defines us, our gratitude, not taking anything for granted. Even in a 2020 year where there's so much hardship, there are still things to be grateful for. Focus on them, think about them, be grateful for them, and live that life of Amuna and Dvekos. Until next time, see you next week. Stay happy, stay healthy, and stay holy. Thank <coughs>